Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing our podcast. We appreciate you, and we hope that you are ready for us to be completely honest and direct with you today. Father, thank you for giving us this opportunity to challenge, to encourage, maybe even equip and inform the body of Christ, those who are our listeners and our friends and the remnant. Lord, we don't want to waste time anymore. We don't know how much time we have left. And God, help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Help us to be about your business. Help us to hear from your Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask for wisdom every day, and we need it more and more. God, give us patience. Soften our hearts in this time where people are getting very Um, angry, very uh, impatient, uh, losing self-control with others. Lord, help us to recognize that those who disagree with us, even in our own churches sometimes, are human beings. And we need to just remember, Lord, that um, there but for the grace of God go we. If they do not see things from a biblical perspective, Lord, use us to encourage them, to ask them questions, to lead them to the truth of Jesus Christ and a biblical worldview. And Father, show us how we can be the salt and light we always talk about as a church in this country and guide our conversation today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, a little later, I found a survey of a percentage of of evangelicals planning to vote for Donald Trump. Um, Interesting, I was a little disappointed. Some people might might be encouraged by it. We'll share that a little later. That's just a little teaser for you. And then I was looking at some pictures of this uh, prayer march that happened in Washington, D.C. a couple weeks ago, and massive crowds. Some estimates were over 100,000 people. Do you know what the media headline, you know what the media outlets said, quote, thousands gathered at nation's capital to pray. Thousands. Hundreds of thousands of people. So let me ask you, if there were like a uh, hundred people that were representing, you know, whatever, BLM, communist, socialists, LGBT, how do you think the media would respond to that? Massive rally at nation's capital. A couple hundred people, right? Well, the media is an enemy of the people, in my opinion. I love true journalism, and we're lacking that so much in America. But that's not today's topic. I just wanted to get that off my chest. But I've been thinking a lot over these last couple days what I wanted to share with you this morning. And before I share some scriptures and my heart, and some of you will turn off the podcast, delete, or turn the radio off. That's okay. Um. If God is for us, who can be against us? And we seek his approval alone. Um, Show numbers in the last couple weeks seem to be uh, going down. And I don't know why that is. I think we've been very open about, quote, politics and political issues. Some of the pastors that we've had on, 
man, they're truth proclaimers and defenders, and they are like patriot pastors. Um, so web hits are down, but this is what's interesting. The, there's people that are giving more financially to stand up for the truth than I can remember. And the, so the remnant seems to be stronger, more loyal, and more dedicated. That's just an interesting dynamic that we're seeing. So there's not much of a gray area anymore. Some, I've heard comments say we get too political, and I put that word in quotes, on Stand Up For The Truth. And my response is, uh, thank you for your comments. Feel free to turn off your radio or delete the podcast or to unsubscribe. Um, vote with your fingers and your pocketbook. Vote with your fingers by shutting me off. Vote with your pocketbook and your prayers. Uh, back this ministry if you really believe. That's what we're seeing, the remnant. We're seeing, I just, uh, last week, some, someone from Texas said, we're going we're to tithe to you now. Our church isn't even open, or may, that might have been another state. But we're hearing more and more situations like this. And so, hey, we'll take your donations. We are a nonprofit, and we are listener-supported. So that being said, this is not a fundraising podcast. I wanted to just challenge your thinking today and how you— can respond to, quote, Christians in your sphere of influence. Because the world is going to do what the world is going to do. The world is going to—I'm going to read uh, 2 Timothy 3, godlessness in the last days in a minute. The world is going to be like the world. We can't expect them to be moral. We can't expect them to know the truth, to understand the truth, to know the gospel. But when someone says they're a Christian, you better be coming at it from a worldview of the a biblical perspective and actually understand to some degree the scriptures that you claim to believe in. Psalm 117, let's start there. This is the whole psalm. Two verses. Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud him, all peoples. For his, righteous, for his loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. John 17. Jesus said, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Verse 17 in that prayer, he said, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And then listen to what Jesus said. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Brother and sister in Christ, have you been sent in the world? Then why are you silent? Why do people not know you're a Christian? Why are you ashamed to post a scripture verse on social media or to tell someone you're voting for America, the Constitution, whatever else? Uh, I've said so many times this upcoming election is not about two men, Biden or Trump. It is not about personality. It is about policy. It is about platform. It is about worldview. 2 Timothy 3.1 Crash is being very patient with me because I'm going to bring him in on this conversation today. Second um, Timothy 3.1, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Verse 3, I mean, you can read this whole section. You're very familiar with it, some of you. Men will be haters of good. Verse 4, men will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 8, these men also oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind. Romans 1. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, he gave them over to a depraved mind. Verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness and evil. They are, verse 30, haters 
of God. They need to repent and be saved, friends, but many of them won't. So what do we do with them? What do we do with that? How do we respond to these people? These are the kinds of people in the world today, some of them claiming to be Christian in America. This describes some of the people we are friends with, some of the people, God willing, we, we don't go to church with. But So how should true, Bible-believing, Jesus-following Christians, you and I, respond to blatant lawlessness and all that's coming against us, including the lies from the father of lies who is using his minions, people in America, in the media, in public education, in the entertainment industry, in the Democrat Party. I'm not saying all Republicans are angels by any stretch, but we, have a, we better have a strong foundation on the truth of God's word. Psalm 119, 50 through 54, and then we're done with the scriptures for now. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. The arrogant utterly deride me, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I have remembered your ordinances from of old, O Lord, and comfort myself. Verse 53. Burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake your law. How do you feel when people forsake God, when they forsake his word, the law? How do you feel? Do you burn with indignation? Have you stuffed it down? Are you in denial? Are you not aware of what's happening in your country? How about in your church, Christian? So, wow, in these verses, the arrogant were coming against David, right? And he had a hatred for evil. He had a hatred for wickedness which caused him to respond. Are we confronting and exposing evil while promoting truth and righteousness? There's a way to do it. It doesn't have to be all or the other. And we can't do this without speaking up and seeking God's approval above man's. A couple quotes I shared this week. One of them may have been on the quotes on our uh, Christian radio station, Q90FM which hosts Stand Up For The Truth, Nancy Piercy said, Christians should speak out on moral issues not because they feel offended or because their, quote, cherished beliefs are threatened, but because they have compassion on those who are trapped by destructive ideas. James Robison said, we must reject the thought that evangelism is to be separated from the importance of standing against evil. We weren't saved just to escape this world and go to heaven. Transformed people transform the culture while standing boldly against evil. So we have to share the only hope that this world has, the only hope for people, the good news of Jesus Christ as we speak the truth in love. Do people know you're a Christian? This is not the hour for weak witnesses and silent believers. This is war. You are either an ambassador or a light hider. You're hiding it under a basket, under a bushel. I'm not sure if there's a middle ground. The enemy is throwing everything at God's people, and in our context, at America, maybe at our president, maybe at the economy, whatever else, with the goal of taking down this great republic. The devil never gives ground back 
that he has already taken. We have to take it back. So what has he taken? God-haters run the public education system in America from the NEA on down, the National Education Association. They control the media, the entertainment industry, corporations and the courts, the entire one entire political party. They want to control the church as well. Make no mistake. So it's time to wake up and engage. That's what we're going to talk about today. Defend truth and hold the line. There's much ground to cover, and we have a relentless foe bent on evil and coming against everything that is good, godly, holy, and true. So those scriptures that we read earlier, burning indignation should seize us because of the wicked. Why? Are we better than them? No, we're saved by grace. But because evil affects our culture, our families, and the church, legislation, entertainment, things that affect us. I've said this many times in many ways. We must stand against evil. We have to share the gospel and pray for our enemies that God would have mercy on their souls. But we must show them no mercy politically. Their worldview is antichrist. Their end is destruction. They want a very dark and different country without the church and Christian influence. They are, as we started this podcast off by saying and reading from 2 Timothy 3, they are haters of good, haters of God. They are men of depraved mind. They do not see fit to acknowledge the truth. And they hate those who represent Christ. Open war is upon you whether you would risk it or not, my brother and sister. What are you going to do? We are not unaware of the enemy's schemes, and God has given us everything we need to stand and to fight. So that's my question throughout this podcast. What are you doing? Got a few articles to look at today, but Crash, I would just love to get your response on some of these thoughts. My plea to family members in Christ at this pivotal time in our history, not only as a nation, but as the church. Yesterday I was watching Calvary Chapel online. Uh, on uh, as we do most every Sunday if I can't be there. And uh, I'm sorry I can't pronounce his last name, but Pastor Dwight. Duville. He, <laughs> say it? Duville. Okay. I just call him <laughs> Pastor Dwight. PD. Pastor D. He said, uh, <clears throat> he started the conversation, he said, I was looking at some websites this week, and he says, I'm very, very frustrated, and I can't seem to take it out on anybody, so I'm just going to take it out on you. Hmm. And he started reading the CDC numbers. And this is what really Katie and I were listening to him, but not really listening because we, he's kind of opinionating, you know, he's not into the word study yet. And he said, so I'm going to call out names now. And he said, Bill Jarts, you're lying. Thank you. He's a local. Right. Guy he on said, a Green he, Bay radio he station. He said, Cammy TV station. Right. He started naming all the names. Yes. I, and he said, you're lying. They're lying, yeah. And you know it. Hmm. I don't know how you sleep at night, but you're lying. And he said, in the weeks to come, I'm going to start calling out names. And so uh, those, those are the only names that I can remember because I don't watch the TV news. I don't know them by name. So I just, that's why I said that. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'm going to be calling out names. And so... It is related to this. Yes, it is. Because, because what Christians are doing are self-censoring. And Katie and I were working on a prayer that we wanted to put on social media for the president. 
And she says, how do we do this without looking like this or looking like that? And I said, it does not matter. We are a praying ministry. We're praying for our leadership. And it just, I see Christians that are self-censoring because they're going, I don't want it to look like this or I don't want it to look like that. And I'm saying, if you understand your Bible, everything that we are told in the Word is this is how we will stand out. Of course, this is the way it is going to look because we are supposed to stand out. We are supposed to be different. Yes. And so how do we, if the Holy Spirit lives within us and uh, dwells within us and is prompting us, then it's, it has to be disobedience. It just has to be, which is we have to, if we know what we're supposed to be saying and what we're doing, and for years on Q90FM, uh, you used to wrap up your afternoon show, your music show with We Are Ambassadors of Christ. Not secret agents. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm sure people are listening to us going, yeah, good for you guys. You have a microphone. But what am I supposed to do? You have email, you have social media, you have people you work with. Which is what this broadcast started with. And all we can do is put it out there. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. And but if you're not sharing it yep. or telling people about it, and uh, you know I share our podcast on my personal page. So do I. And, I. and I see some of our other listeners doing it like that. But when you're talking about enemies of God in the biblical worldview, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but I can go to a page that I don't like and I can hide, 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 hide a post. And what will uh, it tells Facebook algorithms, people don't like this. Wait a minute. You can hide someone else's post? Yeah, I can go to, let's say, an atheist website and I can just start hiding the post, hiding the post, hiding the post, not liking the post, angry face, angry face, angry face. And the algorithms are telling Facebook People don't like this, or Crash doesn't like it, so we're not going to show these up in his timeline. And that's what I think uh, one of the first major social media attacks on this ministry was when we went against the city to peer. And I think it's when people started uh, mm, interesting uh, uh, hating, hating Q90's social media pages that's, and stuff. I think you're onto something right there, because that has been frustrating to me, but I think it started then because, that's, yeah. because our— uh, It's just computers and bots running yeah. Facebook. They can't— Yes, they're, they're monitoring, but until they get flags saying, what's going on at Stand Up For The Truth, then we come on the radar, and that's why they're shadow banning. So the only reason, and we're not the only ones. Carl Gallups was talking about how he's shadow banned, and Gary yeah. Call talks about it. A lot of Christian conservatives are. Now, I want to just emphasize something that Crass just said, <clears throat> and I say this a lot, you guys. We only have a minute before we have to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about a message to churches, open or die or fade away. <clears throat> and then could you live with the fact that you didn't stop this election if it goes south in November? And then proclaiming the gospel, the most dangerous place for babies to be shouldn't be in mother's wombs. We're going to talk about Amy Coney Barrett. But um, we are shadow banned on Facebook. It's frustrating to me with all the hard work we all as a staff put into this ministry and this podcast. Unless you physically go to our page and share it, people aren't going to see it. And that's frustrating to me, but we our hands are tied, so please pray, but also go to our page and share it. David Fioraza with Crash Connell. We've got so much more to talk about when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth 
with David Fiorazzo. I'm writing an article this week, I believe. I might change my mind tomorrow, but uh, I shared a Facebook post a couple days ago, and uh, man, it was so, uh, it, it just ignited a lot of, not controversy, a lot of comments, so I had to share it on my author Facebook page as well. Love to get your comments on that. But basically, I started it off by simply saying, I'll be voting for President Trump. There, I said it. Why? Because after the debate, I was so disappointed with how that went. I, it was a train wreck. I thought it was far too chaotic for people to dissect substance and actually get something. But I understood the next day after I threw this post up, and uh, there was a strategy probably behind that. Um, so all that to say, you know, check out that. Maybe I'll put it on the Stand Up For The Truth page. No one will see it anyway. So you're going to have to go to my author page, uh, David Fiorazzo. May, may I ask a question? Yeah. Have you never said that publicly yet? What? About that you're voting for Donald Trump. Uh, in so many ways I have, but I guess I didn't you come would, right out. Yeah, I would think because that I put his people going like based on what people know about policies. But I, I just, the reason I'm asking is because it's interesting that here we are talking about we need to, we need to be bold. We need to be courageous. I'm going, wait a minute, David, you waited till October to put it on. <laughs> no, that, that, those direct words, because yeah. I've been saying, here's what President Trump stands for. Here's what Joe Biden stands for. This is the party platforms. And by the way, um, I even put an article out there a month ago, the demonic Democrat platform or something like that. And by the way, Kamala Harris, I did an expose on her and her background. I'm going to be sharing that again, because, but I did that about a month and a half ago. So people know exactly where I stand. I, so I would think. If there's any questions but, of who I'm voting for, I had to say it because I had actually a friend who had bought my books, who had shared my stuff on social media, always supportive and liking and commenting and sharing. He actually said, I'm dropping you like a hot potato. You're not a friend anymore. You, you think President Trump lost that debate? And I'm thinking that was my opinion at the time. I thought I clearly I said President Trump lost, but Biden didn't win. It was like a wash. There was so much chaos. It was like a circus. And I said the president at times it seemed like he acted like a child. I didn't realize that Biden interrupted Trump first. And everyone says, oh, Trump interrupted him the whole time. Anyway, so I had some friends that were really one. One friend said, hey, David, uh, I'd be careful about bashing President Trump. I didn't bash him. I just said, this is my opinion on the debate. Anyway, so you can read that post on my Facebook pages. If you're not on Facebook, maybe I'll, I'll share them in another way. But there's a message to churches, open or die, fight or fade away. A friend contacted me yesterday, Crash, and he said, uh, David, my, my church in the valley uh, closed down again. We're going virtual because of, I guess, a, a, an apparent spike in coronavirus positive cases, not deaths, mind you, not hospitalizations, mind you, but coronavirus positive uh, cases. And so churches, there's some churches that are closing again. I'm thinking, wow, this is this exactly what we've been saying the opposite of for weeks. Just patriot pastors. You've got to be strong leaders for your congregation. Uh, faith, not fear. So Shane Edelman wrote an article I really like. Uh, he said, a clear agenda is at work, one with scores of inconsistencies. Prisoners are being released while law-abiding citizens are arrested. Numbers are being altered. Hospitals are benefiting from COVID cases. Recently, there was quite a bit of interest over the CDC's statement. I think this was a week ago, maybe, or two. That only 6% of people actually died from the coronavirus alone, meaning they had no other um, Cases, no other like no other heart conditions or immune system issues, or maybe they weren't elderly. 
So compromise, in other words, 6% I'm going, wow. So they put that out there, and that caused a lot of controversy. Um, does anyone not find it odd, for example, that hydroxychloroquine has been safely used as a treatment option since the 1950s, but now it's under scrutiny? Suddenly, a drug that has been used in constant uh, treatments worldwide for more than 70 years needs more testing to determine if it's safe? Why? Because the president mentioned it a month or two ago or whatever and promoted it. Isn't this idiotic, friends? Don't you see the media is using this as a crisis and to promote their lies? And by the way, when Crash mentioned the, the pastor at the Calvary Chapel calling out local television entertainers and personalities. I don't call them journalists anymore because they're just not. Um, many of them. I'm not saying all. Thank you for naming names. I've been doing that for a decade. I've written ch chapters and books and articles and did videos on media bias. I even was the president of Wisconsin Media Check for a while. We were trying to hold local media accountable because they often take their talking points from the progressive and uber-liberal Associated Press and the major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, who are run by globalists and socialists. So they're not even fair. No wonder they're not being fair, even at the local level. So there's a bias there, friends. So there are a lot of other stories as well. Doctors being told not to write COVID-19 as the cause of death, even if it was not. And by the way, I'm not, don't even get me going on people upon hearing that President Trump tested positive for coronavirus, saying, good, I hope he dies. Don't even get me going on that. I purposely didn't print out any of those tweets or comments from lefties in Hollywood and Kathy Griffin and people on CNN and what Pelosi said. Oh, it's Trump's fault. He's so brazen and irresponsible. What Jake Tapper said. I said I wasn't going to mention him, but I did. Um, so well, they're calling him irresponsible for even driving around right now. Right. They told him to stay in his room. So what about the—here's what we don't look at, friends. What about the increased suicide rate? What about the alarming divorce rate during the coronavirus shutdowns? What about the surge in alcohol, pornography, drug addiction? The fear that the media and the Democrats are instilling into our children. How long will that affect our kids? Should we not take these into consideration as well? At what point does the church take a stance? At what point, friends, especially once flu season arrives and those who have flu symptoms will think, oh, I have COVID. Fear, 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 because we've been, we've been conditioned now for four months. Be very afraid. This could end the world. Don't vote in person. Many of our politicians and government officials are just doing the complete. They're defying the Constitution in so many ways. And Shane Adelman writes this, quote, I have a hard time seeing how we are supposed to capitulate to reckless oversight when those authorities are in clear violation of our governing document as well as God's word. They are trying to silence the voice of truth. In Acts 5.29, we find that we must submit to the highest authority. Quote, we must obey God rather than man. In short, the virus is real, but the numbers are not. We must remove the veil of deception and confront the new lie that if you are for freedom, then you're selfish. 
By the way, follow Steve Dace as well on social media. He's got the Steve Dace Show, national uh, syndicated radio show. Follow Steve Dace on Facebook. He puts a lot of... <laughs> Spell the last name. D-E-A-C-E. It's pronounced Dace, but it looks like Dace. Follow him on social media to get COVID updates and numbers that conflict with the, what the media is reporting. Their sky is falling reports. Listen to this, friends. Since the 1600s, America has experienced health-related epidemics such as typhoid, scarlet, yellow fevers, every 15 years or so, give or take. But we have never taken such an extreme measure or measures, nor has our media and the elements, elements of our government purposely fostered such a level of panic. Not even with the swine flu. Remember that H1N1 during the Obama administration? Do you know how many cases of swine flu H1N1 there were in America? Ready? 60 million cases. How many COVID-19 cases? 6.8 million. What's the population in America? 330 million, is it? I can't keep up because of Joe Biden's numbers. <laughs> well, over, well over 300 million, yeah. So let me just go back with, with these numbers again. I know it went right over your heads because the media doesn't touch on this. During the Obama administration, 60 million cases, they let that get to a pandemic mode, but they didn't. nothing happened to the economy, right? Nobody shut it down. No one threatened people for going out in public and voting and other things, going to church. 60 million cases in the U.S. Today, how many COVID cases? 6.8. For your record, it's under, that's under 10 million. So 60 million cases of the swine flu H1N1. So the population, this just in, 328 million in America. That was fast. I'm going to hire you to do research, Crash. Um, so do you, see, do you understand what's happening here? We're not saying it, it is a hoax. Like what was spoken earlier, it's a very real virus, but the numbers are not well, the, real. Well, the, there's a stupid mentality. I'm going to say it. Yep. Well, since the virus is real, then the numbers are right. No, uh, the lowest survival rate is 9999999.5 for 70 and older. Wow. That's the, that's that's the, lowest. the lowest survival what, rate. What the rest we, of them are in the 9999999999s. What are we afraid of? I mean, aren't we all going to catch it anyway? Isn't this this idea that everyone's here's, eventually going to? Here's journalism. Well, so what do you want us to do? You want us to talk about all the airplanes that are landing. Did, did I hear you right? Let's talk about all the airplanes that landed and not the ones that crashed. So we won't create, so we won't create people f afraid of flying airplanes. I like that analogy. So we're going like, well, when you're talking about a plane crash, I can remember back in the 60s, they would still say it's still safer to fly than to drive a car. Yes, and it, yeah. So they would put it in that perspective. Yep. And so when you're going to report the bad numbers, report the good numbers so people can have a perspective. This is an orchestrated attempt to destroy our economy and disrupt the November election, period. The enemy, the left, they'll use a crisis. Remember, we defined who the enemy was at the beginning of this podcast. If you missed it, go back. We, we talked about the haters of good, haters of God, those who did not see fit to acknowledge God, those who oppose the truth. All right? Um, this is an orchestrated attempt on their part to silence the churches. Ultimately, they want to initiate a global reset, which we've talked about. They use the word reimagine a lot. Reimagine. 
Imagine no religion. It's easy if you try. <laughs> All right. Um, so peaceful protests are infiltrated by hate groups. And so they're wreaking a lot of havoc out there. So how much more do you need to see before you understand the times and wake up? Now, most of our audience is very aware, very discerning. So this not might directly apply to you. But please share this podcast with someone who really needs some straight talk like this. Yes, we must be loving and gentle, but we also must be wise as serpents and as bold as lions when it comes to holding the line. Truth is the only thing that stabilizes. So, silent shepherds speak volumes. This is the next point. And we've been talking about this with all the wonderful pastors and men of God, patriot pastors who are speaking the whole counsel of God from the pulpit on Sunday mornings informing and challenging and equipping their, the saints, the, their congregations. We've been talking about this, these men of God. This is the reason America looks like it does. There's a survey that said, do you feel that most church leaders speak up about the real issues facing us today? The overwhelming response was a very loud and clear no. That question again, think about it. You can't, I can't hear your answer. Do you feel that most church leaders and pastors speak up about the very real issues facing us in America today? Many pastors are exchanging truth, not for a lie, but for tolerance. Boldness for what they see as balance. Pastors and Christian leaders alike, we've got to take responsibility for the spiritual health of our nation. I beg you to encourage your pastor. Pray for him. Encourage him. If he's not open to talking about any of these things from the pulpit, then I'm not going to tell you what to do. I think in your heart you know. The pulpit inevitably sets the tone of the religious climate of a nation. In other words, the morality of a nation comes back to the church. A fearful church simply reflects fearful pastors. But what does the Bible call pastors? Watchmen. Watchmen who cry out and sound the alarm to awaken a sleeping church not to sing her lullabies. So Shane Eilman um, wraps this article up by saying this, Backing away from speaking the truth in love is a serious offense against God. Silence about sin is rebelling against the call of God. If your sermons do not anger the world and challenge the lukewarm from time to time, you should seriously question your calling. Few spirit-filled preachers are left, and when one arises, he's quickly dismissed as too, quote, political, conservative, and labeled narrow-minded, legalistic, and extreme. But Crash, this is the environment today. I don't know if I'm being, I think I'm being redundant because we've talked about this for years on this podcast. We've, we've talked about this. I've written about this for years. I'm, by the way, you can pray for me, friends. We've got three minutes before we've got to take a break. I'm praying about writing another book. I have been for a year. I just don't have time. Or I haven't been able to scratch some, together some time or manage my time well enough to be able to start writing. But I've got notes. I've got things I've been accumulating. I've been doing some research. And I really been, have been praying about writing a book. Another one, uh, I think I'm supposed to maybe <laughs> write a little bit about the climate in America and, and the election, and the, but we're going to talk more about that. Um, I don't know a lot about Mario Murillo. Do you know? 
Mario Murillo Ministries. Never heard of him. Okay. So I think he's charismatic, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, he wrote some very interesting points. I just want to share a few before we uh, have to take a break. Um, he said, could you live with the fact that you didn't stop this? What does he mean by this? This global, socialist, Marxist, communist, antichrist movement in America. They have no clue of the nightmare that would be our world right now if Hillary Clinton had won in 2016. And there are Christians still fighting against those of us who would still want to stand by the Republican platform or party. Joe and Kamala would be worse than Hillary, friends. That, that would be the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton on steroids. Make no mistake. They will fold America into a nameless unit of a single global power. They will destroy our borders, our history, our values, everything that makes us free and American. The people behind Joe and Kamala want only one thing, world domination. How did these people decide on Joe and Kamala? They wanted people who were so vacuous that their every move could be controlled. They're puppets. How on earth did they think they could pull this off? The powers that be believe America hates Trump as much as they do. But we don't. Even candidates as like, like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris still could win. And we're going to talk about why when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Don't go anywhere. We're also going to get to Amy Coney Barrett. We're going to talk about saying no to judicial supremacy. And the most dangerous place for babies to be, unfortunately, is in a mother's womb. Can we change that? Some of us say yes. More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, the agenda continues. We've been talking about it for a long time. By the way, Curtis Bauer's agenda documentary, uh, he's got two of them out there. I quoted him the other day and someone said, no, no, fake news. And if I could paraphrase the quote by memory, it's something like um, um, that if... The Democrats take power in November, in other words, if Biden gets elected president, they would accomplish more in 100 days than the progressives and globalists and communists have accomplished in 100 years. Just paraphrased a Curtis Bowers quote, and people go, no, come on, that's an exaggeration. If you think that's an exaggeration, uh, you're not paying attention. So... There used to be elections between two parties, or however many parties. There used to be elections between liberals and conservatives. But now, it seems like today's contests are often between good and evil. This is not to say every conservative or every Republican, uh, Republican is good or a Christian or God-fearing. This is not to say that, all right? But the platforms are clearly diametrically opposed, that some Christians still don't get that as alarming. Some say, oh, but you know what, I'm, I'm just tired of the, the, the angst, the friction, the, the division. I'm going to go vote third party. That's a vote for the communists. That's a vote to take down America. That's an irresponsible vote if you want your children and grandchildren to have the religious freedom and, to, and, and still have a constitution in America. What do you think about a third party vote or, or not voting at all? Me? There's only two parties. You're in denial. I know what they're saying. They're saying we want to vote for a constitution, no, constitutional or no, a Christian. No, no, no. Listen, 
you got two choices, Barabbas or Jesus. Pick one. We're going to pick. No, we want Judas. I I like that. We want Judas. You don't get Judas. You get two choices, Jesus or Barabbas. Hmm. Pick one. Well, I don't subscribe to you, Pontius Pilate. I'm going to pick my own person to free. Okay, while you're over there in your funk, you got Jesus or Barabbas. Pick one. Wait a minute. Are you saying Donald Trump is, is Jesus? Yes. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying, David. <laughs> oh, you completely gonna... <laughs> figured me out. Someone's going to take this clip and they're going to use that and go, hey, there's you got they're, they're two Trump choices. The it's a two party system. Right. I know. Both, you, you know American I know. history. I know. I know. It's a two party system. So that's what I said. I made that argument in that post that, that triggered a lot of people on my Facebook page. I put it on two of my pages. That if some say, okay, I'm going to vote third party now, it is. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. It's a wasted vote. Brothers, sisters in Christ, you will not seriously think about a third party if you want to do have anything to do with with maintaining our liberties and saving this country from the left and from globalism, from what they want to do with it. If uh, every believer must stop Joe and Kamala, no Christian in possession of the facts, who has even an inkling of what the Bible teaches, can reach a different conclusion. Let me just go back to this article. Stopping them is a natural extension of our faith. This is what we talked about earlier when we quoted David in Psalm um, 50, I'm sorry, Psalm 119, verse 53. Psalm 119, verse 53, he said, Burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Stopping the enemy is a natural extension of our faith. I'll say it again. It's clear, friends, especially Christians, all right? If you're a Bible-believing Christian, I I don't want to use that word conservative as much. And I know the word Christian can be used in a lot of ways as well. Define what Christian is, right? But the Democrat Party doesn't want you anymore if they ever did i think they used to seriously they want to close down your church permanently for one that was, many of them would love to do that no christian influence in society wow sounds good to them they want your children to be forced to learn propaganda and garbage and rewritten history in our public schools about sexuality hypersexuality the the how the goodness of abortion and the 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 care that planned parenthood gives g- young girls who get pregnant they want to teach about gender and all kinds of things the word of god calls perversion they want to kill babies even after they survive abortions the middle ground is gone friends there's no gray area no third party no way to, to contrast this good and evil what are you doing to protect the morals and freedoms of your children and grandchildren i asked this question at the beginning of the podcast what are you doing we can pray we can make sure that we are grounded on the truth of scripture we can make sure that we are trying to raise awareness but we have a say and that is by voting Stopping evil is the elephant in the room, for example, for lukewarm believers. How can, how can the bone of social justice that Democrats throw out as a distraction, how can that compare to the Holocaust of killing babies in and out of the womb? Have we, are we that 
seared in our consciences, it's the inescapable moral duty of believers to stop the baby killers, those who would support infanticide. Elections are the single opportunity for us to choose leadership. Two more minutes, we've got to take a break. But this is what happens. This is what's coming if the left wins. They, wa- they will defund the police to some extent. Law enforcement around the country will be affected. It will affect their decisions. It will affect your community. They'll close down churches. They'll codify immorality. They will fire people who don't agree with the LGBTQ agenda or speak against it, those who speak against it. Remember I told you all it takes is that Equality Act to get, or a hate crimes legislation, a law to get passed through, and then I'll be in jail. Are you going to come and bail me out? Do you have deep pockets? I hope you would. I hope you pray for me if I share a scripture on gender, on God's creation, or he created the male and female, or about homosexuality, and I get fined or I get sent to prison. I hope you'll come and bail me out. Pastors, your pastor will if he quotes those scriptures. Churches will be forced to hire gay applicants. Abortion will be expanded under a state-run and funded Planned Parenthood. They will let socialism kill our economy and lower your standard of living permanently. The state will take your guns. The state will raise your children. America will no longer be a constitutional republic. And I hope you know I'm not exaggerating. The Bill of Rights will be nullified. Forget the America you knew and prepare to be a client state of globalists. Can you live with that? Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, can you live with the fact that you didn't stop this? So we've got an election in three weeks. Glad I got through that one before we had to take a break. We got uh, about another five or six minutes here. There's Oh, is the clock wrong on your side? Oh, okay, I, I got nine five zero. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Th- um, thank I, you. I, I want to throw in some scriptures. Proverbs eight three: The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Amos five fifteen: Hate evil and love good. Psalm ninety seven: Oh, you who love the Lord, hate evil. So if we really hate it and we're not doing anything, then we're in we're in contradiction, mm-hmm. and uh, something's not. Connecting. Or we're in denial or we ju- we're just looking out for number one. We want to be safe and live in our leisure and comfort and whatever luxury. and, and have There's our, nothing have scriptural a, about that. Our though. entertainment and our lifestyle. Not scriptural. It's not comfortable, though, to confront evil and the issues of our day. So um, Mike Gendron wrote in his recent newsletter, since the tragic decision by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1973 that deviously framed the right to abortion, over 62 million babies have been destroyed in their mother's womb. Today, it is legal for a baby to be killed at the choice of its mother at any time during the nine months of pregnancy in many of our U.S. states in America. How hypocritical is it for pro-choice advocates to never give unborn babies their choice? They don't have a say when it comes to terminating their lives. So can anyone support the killing of defenseless babies? Well, a staggering 25% of women have had an abortion. 47% of abortions are repeats. How did we ever get here as a God-fearing nation? You know, I read this, this verse earlier today in Psalm 33. It says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Now, Christians, we are chosen to inherit eternal life, salvation, but 
Blessed is the nation, is, is God the Lord of America? And I, I, we could say so much about that, but we know by the morality that we've allowed to continue. Um, I think we know the answer to that. But how could anyone not be outraged over this slaughter of infants under the guise of a woman's, quote, right to have their babies dismembered, chemically burned, sucked out of their mother's wombs, those who support this wickedness, or vote for people who do, are carrying out the agenda of our Lord's adversary, who came to lie, steal, kill, and destroy. Satan has been a murderer from the beginning, and he has perpetuated the lie that personhood does not start at conception. That's a lie. We must do what we can do, you and I, to awaken the heart and the conscience of America, which has grown, st grown stone cold to the ongoing genocide of precious babies made in the image of God. You know, Crash, I've said this many, many times on this podcast, that that, that word, um, I believe it's the Latin word um, for uh, baby, is offspring. Wait a minute. No, fetus. The word for fetus is offspring. The Latin word for fetus can also be translated as, quote, little one. Did you know in the Bible, friends, that it refers to a pregnant woman as being with child, quote, with child? Do you know in Luke 141, when it talks about uh, Mary going over to visit Elizabeth, she said, the baby in my womb leaped for joy when he heard your voice. So babies leap for, for joy with child. So that's what, that's what the Bible considers life. It is a living human being, pre-born. But what are we allowing through this? Well, there's act these of people in contradiction that believe in the science that masks work against the virus, but they don't believe in the science that life begins at conception. They don't believe in science; they believe in a political ideology. Yep, and and we know from science and biology, we know from scripture. An immortal soul is created at the moment of conception. That personhood is determined by the presence of that soul. At conception, a baby's gender, male or female, that's God's creation, not mine. And science. And science. It's been determined along with its genetic makeup, its DNA, everything that he's going to be, he or she is going to be. God's word makes no distinction between the life of a child in the womb and a child outside the womb. Now, listen to this. One more point. During the six months that we have experienced the national tragedy of coronavirus due to COVID-19, 200,000 deaths in the world, right? We have also experienced the tragedy of over 600,000 deaths by abortion. And our government has done everything it can to stop one tragedy, including shutting down the, or the, the uh, economy and churches, and along the other tragedy, abortion, to continue. Is not this hypocritical, friends? We've Come on. Work with me here. Reason. Let's reason together. We know that it's a living human being, a baby in the womb. Fetus means offspring or little one. And we know at the moment of conception, it is a person, it's a human life. What's our problem? What are we denying? Even science and DNA, biology, and everything else would back that up. But yet we still want to say, I, you know, a pastor shared with me this. He said, someone from my church actually was in a conversation about this and said, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to stand with a woman's right to choose. And he says, what? What did you say? 
He said, I don't care what the Bible says. I believe in a woman's right to choose. He says, you can leave our church, and I hope you never come back unless you repent and get saved. That pastor is Steve Smotherman from New Mexico. He's going to be our guest this coming Thursday. He had that conversation with someone in his church. There are people in our churches that are believing lies and, for whatever reason, are not willing to acknowledge the truth. What did we say at the beginning of this podcast? Haters of good, men who oppose the truth, they did not see fit to acknowledge God, and they are haters of God, calling evil good. You can look up on the internet also the YouTube video of uh, Pastor Greg Lott uh, calling his uh, ushers down one Sunday morning and said, we need our ushers at the exits. And we're going to tell you right now that if you anybody in here supports abortion, the killing of babies, uh, you, we're going to ask you to leave now. Ushers, if you'll just let open up the doors and let these people out. Because this church, the Bible, et cetera, et cetera. Greg Locke, Pastor Greg yep. Locke did that. I heard that. Kudos to him. By the way, um, we have a chance with uh, another Supreme Court appointment to do something that hasn't been done in 47 years. We have not been this close, friends, to stopping the genocide of babies by this Supreme Court nomination and appointment, God willing, the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. We'll have to stop it right here and talk to you more about that tomorrow, about her um, hopefully evangelicals will be more motivated now to fulfill their duty and vote than the 61% who did four years ago. When we come back, we'll let you know our guests the rest of this week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow's guest, Dr. And Pastor Andy Woods, can't wait to have him back on, get his take on what's happening. And you'll hear from Israel Wayne, Family Renewal, Wednesday, Thursday, as I mentioned. I can't wait to hear Pastor Steve Smotherman from Legacy Church in New Mexico, one of the bluest states in America. And then Friday, J.B. Hickson, talking about God, church, and COVID-19. Thank you so much, as always. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.